order to have a constructive conversation with a potential buyer or an existing customer, you better damn well bring some value um, or it's going to be a very short conversation or it'll be very difficult to get a conversation at all. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I'm with George Leith, and we're going to talk about leveraging your online reputation to increase sales. So uh, welcome, welcome to Outside Sales Talk, George. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate being invited. Looking forward to spending some time and uh, talking sales. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say for our, for our listeners here. So by way of introduction, George is the Chief Customer Officer and Executive Vice President of Sales at Vendasta, which is an award-winning platform that helps companies sell digital marketing solutions to local businesses. Businesses, businesses. <laughs> I always read the I always read the introductions, and I'm really not that good at reading. I'm better at talking. I should really work on that. Back to kindergarten. Um, George is also the host of the Conquer Local podcast, and their mandate is to help organizations sell digital solutions to SMBs by providing them insider knowledge and best practices from industry experts. George has been in sales for over 30 years, and uh, he helps businesses adapt their sales and marketing strategies for the digital era. Really excited to hear what, you're, uh, what you've got today for us, George. Well, you know, and Steve, we should mention you were a guest on uh, the Conquer Local podcast a month or so back. So it's good to see you again and looking forward to uh, talking about this exciting topic. I like it. Coming full circle, right? Um, well, first question, George, how is digital marketing changing the outside sales process and which areas are being most affected? Wow. Uh, where, you know, where do we start? I think every industry on the planet is in some sort of digital transformation. Um, I think that really things started to change about 10 years ago. Um, you know, we, we uh, traded in our Blackberries and our Palm Pilots um, for, you know, iPhones and Androids at that time. And um, we, we had a computer in our pocket and it, it changed our access to information. We were able to research things. Um, it changed where all of us now, whether we're individuals or we're businesses, we have a virtual doorway, which in a lot of cases is, is more important than the actual doorway. I like to tell business owners uh, that, you know, you don't have a hope of getting them in the actual doorway if you don't have a great virtual experience because we were going to do a bunch of research. I'm sure that uh, the moment that, you know, people started listening to this podcast and heard the name, they went to, you know, a LinkedIn profile or a website or did a Google search to say, why should I dedicate my hard-earned time to the to you know to this old uh, white-haired Canadian guy named George <laughs> Leith? Um, and you know, in the moments to follow, they're going to know as much about me as as anybody just by doing that quick little you know. So when you think about that for a moment, that really changes the game um, in sales, where they probably know a lot about you before you even walk through the door. And and I see that on my LinkedIn profile all the time. I know if I'm going to a, a meeting. Um, whether it's a virtual meeting or an actual meeting um, with a client, I see them on my LinkedIn profile ahead of time. I actually mm -hmm. have that same functionality on my personal brand website where I can see what organization has landed on my website before 
Um, so that, you know, all of that technology that is there is giving us either a, a competitive advantage or might be placing us at a disadvantage if we're not participating in that arena. Absolutely. Um, how would you define today's digital buyer? And uh, what's the best way for an outside salesperson to connect with them online? Um, well, buyers, whether they're digital or in person, are smarter than they've ever been about the things that they want to buy. Um, uh, talking to salespeople, and I've been a salesperson my entire life, um, is not usually a very good experience, unfortunately. Um, we all can think about salespeople that we've talked to where it was a horrible experience. Um, and uh, so I think that we need to have that lens that we have to bring value. Plus, you know, time is something that it's interesting. We have all this technology that was supposed to make it easier for us and give us more time. And, but it's just more things that are competing for that time. And uh, in order to have a constructive conversation with a potential buyer or an existing customer, you better damn well bring some value um, or it's going to be a very short conversation or it'll be very difficult to get a conversation at all. Absolutely. How, tell me about how a great digital presence can help salespeople to speed up their cycle and build better connections. Well, if you, you think about that a buyer, um, and you know, this is a piece of data that, that is for a consumer, but I think it applies. It might even be a little amplified in a B2B type environment. So I'm sure that you have salespeople here that sell to consumers and they also sell to other businesses. But when, when we think about a digital presence, if it was built properly, and you know, one of my uh, good friends, Dennis Yu, is probably one of the best resources to teach you how to build a really good digital presence. Um, I think it can greatly accelerate the sales process because you don't have to go in and do a bunch of qualifying, not saying that you shouldn't do some qualifying, but I think the buyer actually does the qualification ahead of time. Um, doesn't mean that we don't have to go in and have a great presentation and a great elevator pitch and be able to answer objections and and uh, have case studies and you know you still have to have those components but i think that a lot of times um the buyer is going to disqualify you if they don't see the digital presence that they're looking for and and again you've got to be better than what's in your universe so if you're in a universe where you're competing with people who have amazing digital profiles and so you don't have one, I think you better, you know, start looking for another job because this just isn't going to work out for you. And, mm -hmm. and that's really where we're at. The people with the best digital profile online are winning deals because they are offering that value way before they ever get in front of the customer to start doing needs analysis or presentation or trial. You know, they, they, they have out, out online. I just mean, on a website, I mean like on LinkedIn and, and if your buyers are watching TikTok right now, well maybe you should be involved or if your buyers are all on Snapchat, you should be involved. Um, it, it's finding the right conduit to communicate with the potential buyer, giving them a bunch of things and value ahead of time, making sure that that stuff's staying up to date. It's funny that you're bringing this up because just yesterday we were talking about this on a, on a podcast that we were recording. It's never done. Because when, when you go on a sales call face-to-face -face with a customer on a call and you come up with a new objection that you're going to have to overcome or someone requesting a new piece of value, go change that in the digital profile so that other buyers that match that audience are able to see 
that new iteration of, of what the value proposition might be. So, you know, I, I watch uh, digital, we, we advise digital sellers and organizations that, you know, that online presence is an ever living, breathing thing and it needs to constantly be adapted, added to and more value put there so that um, your potential buyers can consume that ahead of time. Yeah, that is so important. And it's funny you bring up TikTok. We, uh, I was just in a meeting with my marketing team the other day and, uh, and, and someone brought up TikTok and we were like, okay, this seems, this is such a huge trend right now, but are our buyers on TikTok? And we're like, mm, a field salesperson, yeah, it's probably a little outside of the, the, the demographic TikTok's going after right now, but who knows in you know a year what TikTok ends up being. And um, so we, we, were, we were looking at it. We, 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 we've, got, we've got a pin in that right now, but, so we're not doing anything now, but we may, we may toss a few videos on there, like you know, sales training or something. But uh, you know, we, we're, we're always trying to do what you're talking about, you know, work on our digital presence. And we, we believe that the average person that, that buys Badger Maps has, has done at least 70% of their research before they ever talk to anyone over here. So it's all about, you know, giving them the ability to learn what we do for them on, on our website and having the right videos so they can see the product in action and, and, and really showing them our challenge is a lot of people show up knowing we do one of the th five things that we do and our, and so what's so important with our web presence is showing them all the different values that they get. And so that's, that's our challenge in this, in this area. Um, to tell me what, what would you say in your opinion, the, the three most important but not obvious things that a sales rep or a company can do to improve their digital presence. So the, so the, the union of important and not obvious. Mm. Well, I, you know, that's a great question. And as I ponder my response, I want to blurt out the, the word blog. Um, because I think that it's super friggin' obvious, mm -hmm. but not a lot of people even do it and do it with consistency. I look yeah. at digital marketing is the reason why there's, you know, the reason why there's new year's resolutions and the reason why people go on diets and the reason why we, you know, we have these bursts where we go to the gym. We all need, know we need to do it. Like it's been inundated, you know, don't eat so many carbs, eat more leafy greens. Don't drink too many beer, go to the gym. Mm -hmm. But it takes an enormous amount of discipline to do that yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis because we're being inundated with all these, you know, I saw a cinnamon bun that looks great yesterday and I haven't eaten a cinnamon bun in four years, but damn, I wanted that thing. Um, <laughs> They're so delicious. my point is, is <laughs> blogs are an obvious thing, but it, it's not like we, we look at organizations and sales professionals and say, wow, they're all amazing bloggers. So let's take yeah. that off the list or even on the, the value proposition on a website where it comes to what does the product do or the solution do and, and the deep dive so that I could consume it when I want to consume it. You're like, Oh, that, how long ago did Al Gore invent the internet? It seems like websites should be something that everybody just has nailed down, yeah. but it, it's not. And, and I think that part of the reason why um, some of these things that should be obvious and, because they're so important is because it changes so much. So you may have built a great website four years ago, but that flash video is not doing very well for you for a long time. <laughs> um, so, you know, staying on top of the trends 
And finding trusted experts that can help you navigate those is a really important um, equation. The other thing that I think is becoming more obvious for certain age groups is that you better be learning. So, you know, before I arrived at the tech company that I'm involved in today, I was in the traditional media space. Um, so in the traditional media space, if you listen to Tony Robbins um, and you listen to Zig Ziglar and you got some motivation and maybe you found some great presenters online that you could figure out, yeah, you're pretty good. And you just follow that path. But there's, there's a whole you know, new generation that love learning and are consuming information all the time because it's easy to get their hands on. And as, a, as an old gray-haired salesperson, um, I had to adapt to be a constant learner or I would not be doing what I'm doing today. I would never have survived in the business that we're in today in the software business because you need to constantly be consuming new information. So though, you know, those are the three things, um, you know, blogging and let's not, it's not blogging. It's, for, it's putting content online that your audience would want to consume that positions you as the trusted expert. And then there's this idea of web presence. Well, let's take web presence and let's lump it into things that you could earn meaning you're going to have a great online presence if you earn it. You have to be engaged in LinkedIn. You have to be on maybe other social media channels that make sense for your audience. You have to have a website that functions well. Um, and, and then that final piece of that is definitely not obvious for a whole bunch of salespeople out there, depending upon the industry, but there are people who are getting this and are good at it. That's learning and constantly learning new things to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, that makes that that makes a ton of sense to me. What what would you say? Uh, some of the things that a salesperson can do to uh, to learn more and to get a, a healthy online reputation. So what what should they be learning, and and then what should they be doing if they wanna if they wanna improve their online reputation? Yeah. Um... So, you know, the, the way that we present this to business owners, because we've done a lot of work with business owners on their digital presence, I see reputation as, um, well, let's talk first what online reputation is. It is the oldest form of advertising on steroids. So when I first started selling advertising, I went and called on a client and, you know, I was 18. I was probably 17 at the time. So I had no idea what I was doing. And I went to try and sell them some advertising. And they said, you know, you should sell word of mouth because that's the best form of advertising. Um, and that's what online reputation is, is it's your word of mouth on steroids. And it's very easy for a buyer to go online and make a comment. And now that lives online and you have to know what to do with it. Now, if it's a positive comment, you're going to want to amplify it and you're going to want to get more of them. If it is a negative comment, you're going to want to deal with the problem and try and talk to the person that left it so that they might change that. And I get asked that by business owners all the time. Um, oh, I got a negative review, what do I do with it? The last thing you should do is put your head in the sand and ignore it um, because it's doing damage to you. Nobody wants to go to a 3.5 out of five barber. Like I, I'm sorry, when it comes to cutting hair, you've got to get that thing, you know, even four, I don't know if I would go. Um, so, you, you know, when they're doing that level, when you think about the buyers doing that level of research, we've talked a lot about that in the last few minutes, they're, they're going to go to a review site, pretty easy to see if you have a reputation or not. And what we're actually finding in the last six, eight to 10 months is that if you don't have any recent comments from people doing business with you, 
are they even in business? And mm-hmm. even worse than that, if you have positive reviews from five years ago and you don't have any recently, it's like, what changed? Yeah. Did, you know, did the product change? Did the people at the organization change? So I'm, I'm using a lens around this that could be for businesses. It could be for brands. It could be for individuals. So, you know, the, the whole recommendations part of LinkedIn, and I, think about that for a minute. There are people going to your LinkedIn profile, checking out recommendations and seeing who the people are that are recommending you. Mm-hmm. Better not be your... You know, maybe your staff is okay um, if you're a manager, but it better not be your mom who's saying you do a great job. You know what I mean? Like my mom thinks I'm doing a fantastic job. I'll have you. That's know. the best part. Even in, the, you know, I love my mom because even in the worst moments of my life, she still talked to me and loved me. So, <laughs> you know, as a buyer, you look at that, you go, "That's not authentic." Right. Give me some people who've done business with you so that I can, I can see if you're good or not. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, as a salesperson in my career, I've always had those testimonials, I always had those people. You're like, you know, here in the old, good old days, when we were younger, we had a brochure and we would hand that to them. Some people we'd coerce to get their picture and say nice stuff about us. And, but, but today you just give me your phone number or even better than that, just have it online on a tab on your website of recommendations or, and really that's what case studies and white papers and test all that is is that positive word of mouth about what people who've been there done that dealt with you or your brand are saying about you to remove the fear of the prospect over whether they should they should give you some of their time i'm not even spending money yet by the way steve i i mm-hmm. think that people have a lot of fear of oh is this going to be a painful meeting where i get no value so you know you have to right. remove that fear just to get the appointment yeah absolutely well I think it's clear why these online reviews um, are so important, whether they're negative, positive. Um, what, why, what is your strategy to, to, uh, to get more positive online reviews? Like what, what steps would you take to, to make that happen? How, how can question. a salesperson? I just want to grab something from my drawer here because I happened to be cleaning my drawer up the other day and I found something that I used. Um, back when I didn't have gray hair and it's a, it's really cutting edge technology. It's a postcard uh-huh. um, and it has all of the social media profiles and uh, it has a, a QR code. I don't even know if those are used anymore. Well, they are LinkedIn uses them, but you know, you gotta, you've got to ask for that feedback Yeah, and, and then direct them to where you want them to leave it. And I, I think that you use every tactic that you can. So, you know, there are technologies out there where you could just text somebody and they can go through a workflow to leave you a positive comment. Um, it's hard though. I'm not going to say that just because you have some technology and just because you ask people means you're going to get thousands of reviews. By the way, you probably don't need thousands of reviews unless yeah. you're, a, you know, unless you're a hotel or a car dealer or a restaurant, if you're a salesperson, and you get five, you're probably better than most individuals when it comes to those comments. But you know, I, I, this is a long drawn out way of me saying you gotta beg for them. Yeah. And, and you have to <laughs> you know, constantly make it a part of your workflow to get, that, to get that positive sentiment. And then to get it online is even another, another stretch. Yeah, I've always, uh, I've always been surprised how few people actually will give you a review uh, even if you, whether you ask for them or not, I just, it's, you know, the, the, the you know, tens of thousands of people that 
that use Badger, we get so few reviews and it's like, you know, I'm just like, you know, and, I, and when we talk to, when I talk to people about it, I, I know they love it. They tell me that, but, but they're just, I think we're just kind of people, people are exhausted with making reviews and like everyone asks them to make reviews. So it's, I think it's hard to get them to, you know, I, I, so I, I'm always surprised at how, how few, how little interaction there is like, or, you know, on this podcast, right? Like if you look, there's not that many reviews on iTunes, but there, you know, there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people that listen to every episode, but you know, we, nobody, nobody goes online and reviews it. Right. Like, and, and so I, I think that is, I think that's a challenge and you just, and you're right. You just have to ask, you just have to beg basically <laughs> to be like, Hey, this is really important. Uh, to let people know that this is a valuable product or this is a valuable, you know, resource, whatever, whatever it is that you're selling, like let, let people know by, by, by writing it up here. One, one thing that's funny, I, I saw the other day, someone had commented on, on I think it was our Facebook page. Yeah, it's, it was our Facebook page. And, and I, I get those. So like, if there's a comment on, on our Facebook page, like it, it pops to me from Badger, right? Like it, I'm, I'm on that feed and someone said something, something nasty about us. They were like, Oh, I, I don't, this is just like Google maps and Google maps is free. And like, and then a bunch of our different random customers piled on his comment and we're like, no, it's not like Google maps. It does this and it does that. And it does this and it does that. Like, and, and they, they were basically like, obviously you don't understand what it does if you think it's Google maps, but it was, it was interesting to see the, the, it was all on our Facebook page, but it was all like, it was someone who had looked at the product and didn't think it was valuable to them. And then like a bunch of people piling on that and, and so I guess your, your online reputation, if you are doing a good job, feeds on itself in a way. And that, I don't know how you can capture that and put it in a bottle if you're a sales rep to, to get that authentic engagement. But um, like well, I, it's I, interesting I, that you brought that up, Steve, because I, you know, I've had some businesses that have experienced exactly what you're talking about, um, where the, the community of raving fans, or God forbid if you had some people who weren't quite raving fans, um, they have a voice through the channels that exist today yeah. and um, it can go both ways. One of the, you know, I've done a lot of presentations to, um, to businesses around why this is so important. And one of them we use as an example, uh, I'm not talking out of school because you just go on YouTube and probably find one of the presentations about a restaurant that we work with through one of our partners in Chicago. And a guy had, you know, had dinner and got a, a rubber band and his uh, angel hair pasta <laughs> went online and, and left a negative review on Yelp and on Facebook. Yeah. And um, on Facebook, there's this phenomenon called piling on and you use the term and it can be positive mm -hmm. and it also can be very, very negative. And um, th that, that environment where your raving fans come to your defense when somebody says something crazy about your brand is a million times more effective than a business owner responding to a negative review. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because it is that all, all I can say if I were in that restaurant as well. You know, sometimes mistakes happen. The rubber band must have must have sprung, and we couldn't find it. And you know, uh, I don't know what happened. But you know, obviously, we're not. It's not. It's not one of our ingredients in our angel hair pasta. I really here, here's a free here's like a, a gift certificate. But that's not as good as like ten people who eat at the restaurant being like, I eat here all the time. It's fantastic food. Never had a problem. No Actually, rubber bands. You can digest the rubber band, you know, or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think that that's that's a, and I think the way you know the reason people are following our Facebook page, I suspect, is because we're putting useful things on there for them. Like you know, we 
and it's it's articles we've written for field salespeople, or it's a, a resource we've created, like a video teaching them how to do this, that, or the other thing, or maybe it's this podcast. It's things like it's things like that that we're posting on there. So I guess enough people were actually following us that then we, when someone did say their product is stupid, a, a lot of people were like, saw that and we're like, no, it's not. And that and that was, I, so I guess that's how the strategy worked for us is we just, because we've been, we've been creating things of value for these people over, you know, a decade, they, they then, you know, when we needed them, they were there for us, right? No, that's exactly right. It's a great, it's a great moment when that happens for sure. Yeah. There also is nothing saying that you can't reach out to that tribe when you have something like that and ask for help. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do that online, but um, mm-hmm. if you had a way to communicate with the people that are in your, you know, your inner circle, your best customers, your raving fans, I like to use that term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, feel free to leverage that. I, I only bring that up because I remember one day, this is about five years ago, we were talking to businesses about taking positive sentiment online and amplifying it on your social media, which to me is just a no brainer. And they were like, isn't that bragging? And I said, well, it's also known as marketing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good, and we don't do that, right? Like we should put links to our, you know, put links to like positive reviews or I guess we do put links like the, if we make like a case study or something on a customer, like we put together a little write up, we'll link to that. But, um, but you know, if someone give, if someone makes a positive review on one of the software review sites, it's not a bad idea to, or, I mean, we could just link to the whole software review site and be like, Hey, check out all these great reviews like that. That's pr- pointing people to that stuff is probably, probably something that we should do that I'm not doing now. We have a couple of our really smart young salespeople that, that crafted a hack here recently. And we, we have field sales and telephone sales, about a hundred and it was over a hundred now in, in, on the various teams. And what, what they'll do at the end of a, at the end of a call, they'll send an email and they'll say, it was a great call today. Look forward to next steps. Just wanted to show you this with a link in the email that now they've got to go through mm-hmm. and, and they see that positive comment from, the person that left it wherever it might have been. And oh, it's just clever. a nice little reinforcement, especially if you've given a great presentation or you've done a great needs analysis and you've, you know, all those uh, all those things that salespeople should do where you're talking a third of the time and the prospect's talking two thirds of the time. And um, when, when you've done that and you've left a really good impression and you've delivered value, it's a great way to solidify that you really are that trusted expert. So, and I love processes like this, that like you're, it's like you're, you said, Art, and, and just to remind people, um, George is the, is like, he runs sales for a, a decent size software company and, and platform, um, you know, hundred sales reps, obviously the, the, uh, it talk about how you as a sales leader, sales manager, set up a process that that gets your reps to do this how do you how do you embrace this digital transformation and train your sales team to do things like this how, how, how do you roll that out um well uh constant pressure um <laughs> so you know you you build a you build a process mm-hmm. and uh then you measure it and see if it's getting you the results that you want and i and i've actually found um less is probably more. Um, but you've got to be at least doing the right 
the right things to get you the result. And what got you the result six months ago might not get you the result today because we're, we live in an ever-changing world. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, whatever process is put in place, um, it, there has to be a measurement to make sure that it's being followed. And, uh, you know, if you remember back to that discipline piece, um, it's, it's hard because you're, you're pulled in 50 different directions. Sales is uh, having a routine in sales. You're probably going to be more successful. I, you know, I, I think all of us that have been doing it for a while learned that a long time ago. Um, but then what happens is organizations, as they grow, uh, process just starts to creep in and you're like, where did that come from? Oh, well, finance needs this one thing done or marketing needs this one thing done. And the next thing you know, your sales reps are spending 40% of their time doing admin and process and not doing the thing that they need to do, which is selling. Um, yeah. You know, a, a mentor of mine and a guest on, on my podcast a couple of years back, Steve Noodleberg, uh, has this line where the perfect sales day is 60-30-10. So 60% of the time you're talking to customers and you're, you're doing sales stuff, like mm-hmm. selling and presenting and needs analysis. Mm-hmm. 30% of the time you're learning how to be a better salesperson and 10% of the time you're doing admin. And I, yeah. I, bet organizations- no, I don't think anyone meets that goal. No, <laughs> but it, it's crazy that it isn't because maybe, maybe like, 30, 10 the other way, but exactly. uh, that's <laughs> no, exactly right. So, you know, we, um, we try not to put undue process in place. Um, and we have individuals that are policing the process that are very good at that. And a lot of times that's not a salesperson, right? You know, salespeople that are good at it, um, they have to have some sort of attention to detail. You're never going to be good at sales, but when it comes to, you know, really ticking all the boxes and following all the steps, that's usually not uh, a high performing salesperson. I'm not saying all the time because I know some very high performing salespeople that are very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, But if that's all you look for in your sales organization, I think you'll have a lot of vacancies. Um, I've, I've got an interesting, an interesting factoid about, about Badger. Um, I don't have anyone on my sales operations team who wasn't first on my sales team or my customer success team. One, one of everyone on the sales operations group started as a salesperson or a customer success person. And so the people making the processes now and are, they, they have the, they, they, they have, they, they really deeply understand the perspective of our salespeople. And I think that's kept, that's kept us from, from processing ourselves to death. Well, I'm glad that you made that statement because that is definitely something that people should be very wary of as they build out a high performing sales organization. I think that all, the reason why that works is because that person has some empathy for what it's like to be a salesperson. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. you know, there is this, you know, I worked in the radio business for years and, you know, the, I, I started as broadcaster and then there's no money in that. So I became a salesperson. Um, and the broadcast side, the people on air think salespeople make all the money and get to go to all the steak dinners. And, and then on the broadcast side, the salespeople think that the broadcasters don't really care about the clients. And, you know, so there's always this, this uh, tug of war that exists. But having people that are involved in the sales organization to execute, what, you know, the vision of what that organization is going to do if they have some empathy, you're going to save yourself a lot of yelling matches and, and uh, vigorous debate. Absolutely. Well, um, 
I think it's a good time to jump into the next section of our show, sales in 60 seconds. So I'll ask you quick questions with quick answers, theoretically 60 seconds. Um, so first, what is your number one tip for handling negative online reviews? Answer them. Um, say you're sorry. So be Canadian. <laughs> you say sorry a lot. So say you're sorry, whether you are or not, because it's not the place to get in an argument with an online reviewer. Mm -hmm. Arguing with a negative online reviewer is like fighting with a pig. You both get dirty and the pig likes it. <laughs> yes. the, I didn't know that I get to use that joke. Um, <laughs> second step, leave some sort of marketing that negates what was said in the negative review. Something mm -hmm. like, wow, that's interesting. We won customer service award for the last three years in the chamber of commerce. This must be an isolated incident. And now the final piece, my name is George. I own the place. Here's my cell number. Give me a call so I can solve the problem. Yeah. So the, the response can't come from a robot and it can't be a form letter. That's why I hate these auto responders that some technology companies have built for negative reviews. You might as well just send me a form letter and mm -hmm. I'm probably never going to do business with you again. If you treat me that way, it has yeah. to be authentic. And the only way that you've got a shot at getting rid of that negative review is by talking to the person that posted it because they're the one that can take it down. Now there is one caveat to that. If the negative review uses any sort of vulgarity or has any sort of uh, you know, racism in it or something like that, or breaks the terms of service of the review site, you can appeal to the review site to have it removed. Mm, clever, clever. So there's, you know, there's a few things. Responding to it is the key. And then the other piece is you can do some things where it breaks terms of service. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind when you're responding to a negative review, you are very likely not responding to the person that left it because it's hard to talk to those people. Yeah. You're responding on behalf of the thousands of other people who are going to do research on you, you or your brand. And you're showing that you actually care enough to talk to all your customers, whether they're happy or not. Yeah. And I, I think this is something that needs to be from the very top of an organization. I mean, even though, you know, Badger Maps is a pretty big company at this point, you know, I, I personally, get notified of, of reviews and and uh, we actually had a, a pretty good one recently uh, we, we had someone leave a negative review and um, and it was it was about an experience they had they were talking to one of our, our salespeople and uh, and uh, the salesperson um, the salesperson thought they had hung up the phone hadn't hung up the phone and said something I forget what it was exactly, but it was the, you know, that guy was so effing boring or so effing, you know, it was impossible to teach that, so effing impossible to teach that guy stuff. Or I forget exactly what it was, but he basically like, you know, really offended the guy. Um, so I see the review, um, uh, which is, uh, I, so I see the review, but I can, I can see the guy's name, right? And so I can, you know, I can just look him up on our CRM and then I give him a call and I you know, was able to talk to him and, apologize and um you know make sure his he was taken well care of and uh and, and he did take the review down but uh but i i think you know the lesson you know it, the lesson there is you've got to have someone very high up in the organization with a title uh you know call, getting involved in these things because then people do like they they're like okay well i had a, i had a bad experience but these guys care obviously this is important to them they were very responsive 
And like he, and he offered to take care of you down. I didn't like, you know, twist his arm and do it or anything. I was just like, Hey, I get it. You know, I was probably a little angry. You know, I, everybody has a bad day. And mm-hmm. so there, there was an important lesson there that if, if you take this stuff seriously, you will, and, and people at the top of the organization take it seriously, you can, you can improve your, your presence and, and, and not have as many negative online reviews, which are inevitable, right? Like people, the bigger the company, people are going to have bad experiences, you know, Balls can think balls can get dropped. Things can slip through the cracks. The, the key is to make them right as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I think that the other piece is that that we should understand as business owners or as sales professionals, when um, you know you ask for feedback for a net promoter score or something like that, and you're going to get the engaged user that's going to fill that thing out. What I like about online reviews. And I I don't even mind negative reviews because if there's a negative review left about an experience with one of our team, we're going to go deal with that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in order to know that there was something going on negative with one of our team members, I'd have to listen to hours upon hours of calls, which we're never going to do because we're all busy. You just wouldn't find out about it. And that problem would continue to persist. Um, So, you know, I'm using an example for the audience that's listening to this, which are sales professionals. But imagine if you built a product and you were able to find out before there was 2,000 of them out there in the universe that it wasn't working properly. You know, listening to that online sentiment of your users, buyers, customers is a really important piece. There's a lot of data around this that in, uh, you know, three and four star reviews, there are also product and service suggestions on how to improve your offering. Um, In one and two star reviews, those exist as well. Um, but one and two star reviews show you where you have broken process usually. Mm-hmm. And then in five star reviews, it's positive sentiment that you should amplify. So there, there's a lot of learnings within that. Keep in mind, um, Glassdoor and Indeed are two review sites that every business could be reviewed on. And the, the person there, the stakeholder there is your human uh, resources department, people ops. You know, that mm-hmm. department is the one that wants to be weighing in on the Glassdoor and the Indeed um, reviews. Well, and I, I look at, I look at those up. all the time too. I mean, I, I think right. there's, there's no better, there's no better, uh, grading of, of my, of my role than, than what shows up on, on Glassdoor. I mean, I, I look at, I, I, I definitely read every one of those and get ideas from that and learn from them. And, and, and fortunately people really like working at Badger, but, um, but I, I that, that I consider that to be my report card, um, or I guess one of my most important, if not if not my most important report card. No, I agree. Um, the because uh, because that that says a lot about a company, right? Like if whenever you're, whenever you're looking at at a at a, even to become a customer of a business, looking at their Glassdoor review, really, it's it's the writing on the wall, right? I mean, they're. That's a, a very smart thing to do is is look at look at a company's class door reviews. It's it's because you know the 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 employees of a business will often say the things say things about the product, or say things about the company, or or say things about the future of the company. It certainly it it lets you know the direction that the company is going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, very powerful. That's 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 one of that's one of the most powerful pieces of information in business around today. Is is company's Glassdoor profile, I think. Um, well, what uh, what would you say the most important review platforms are 
uh, you know, Glassdoor obviously, but what else, what else is important to you that, and what should salespeople keep an eye on in regard to their, to their industry? Yeah, you know, um, you know, it, it depends upon what our goal is, but I, I think that people often overlook, um, overlook those recommendations on LinkedIn if you're an individual. Mm. Um, having a personal brand, um, you know, some organizations don't like that moonlighting thing where, no, I have my own management company and then I work for this other company and I'm pursuing this personal brand over here. Um, you know, I've always done a lot of public speaking and I, I handle that through my, my uh, management company. So I have a, a brand there, um, which, which I have a website and I have a Google My Business profile and I have Google My Business reviews. Um, now, those help your SEO rank, by the way, having a Google My Business profile. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you're an individual that is a salesperson and you don't have that, that business piece, um, then you've got to rely on, on LinkedIn and you got to rely on Facebook comments against your profile and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are able to build out that personal brand, um, which I believe that all salespeople should do. I've, I've been professing for years that sales is like being an independent business person. If you treat it that way, you know, that the organization that you are selling for, they give you the inventory and they give you a place to work most of the time. And they give you, you know, some infrastructure, but at the end of the day, you treat it like it's your own business. You're making an investment of a uh, amount of your time. You, you know, you've got these customers that you're working with and you got to treat them well. So they'll come back. Um, so having that brand where people can now some organizations don't don't like that but I, I'm a big believer in it I've encouraged all of our salespeople to start thinking about what their brand is because what we see time and time again and and uh, you know when we're doing one-on-ones with reps the managers are trained to say okay let's look at this call that you have with this customer now let's go to your LinkedIn profile and see who was on your LinkedIn profile that day and it's like they were either there before the call or after the call and, and it's, that's why that thing's so important. That's why you should be, you know, sharing information that the marketing department puts out. That's why you should write your own posts. That's why you should, because they're going there and that's your virtual business card. And mm -hmm. it does a lot more stuff than your business card did. So, you know, I, I think that um, if you are a business owner, you've got to have reviews on Google because that's going to help your search engine optimization. Plus Google My Business is the place where people are making their decision. It's mm -hmm. right at that zero moment of truth where you decide to spend money or not. Now, if you're a, if you're an individual, then you have to work in that LinkedIn environment. Um, and it's actually not even over polluted right now. Like Facebook, yeah, my, my mom is really good on Facebook, but I'm not selling anything to my mom. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I haven't used my personal profile on Facebook in a long time because I was not closing deals on Facebook. I was talking to people I went to university with and you right. can tell them a long time ago. So, uh, you know, I think that it, it really depends upon what your role is. Now, let's say you're a doctor and you're not on rate MDs and you're not on, you know, that is vitally important to your business. And, you know, we, we have lived in this space for a long time in our industry and, and we work with a lot of health professionals and, and they'll, they don't even know that they have a three-star review on rate MDs from five years ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, understanding what channels you could be listed on. Uh, run some Google searches on yourself because that is your brand as a salesperson and then figure out what would be the most appropriate channel for what you are doing. Great advice. Um, is there a specific tool or um, strategy that you would recommend to listeners that 
help optimize their online presence? Is there a, if you were a field salesperson, is there, are there any, are there any shortcuts or tricks to this trade? Uh, there are, there are lots of pieces of software that could help make social easier to do. And what I mean by that is if you decide there's five different social channels that you need to post on and you're, and you're doing it natively in each one of those five different applications, there are aggregators that will allow you to scale that work. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those aggregators also give you the ability to go to some sort of a library to find relevant content that you can then make your own. Um, you know, when it comes to the review space, if you're a business owner, you need some sort of a aggregator of that data because nobody, you know, we talk about discipline quite a bit on this episode, but no business owner has the discipline to go to seven different review sites every day, every week, every month to see what's being said about them. You mm -hmm. just need to get an alert in your email so you can know what was posted there. That That is an efficient use of your time. Um, so Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I can't even think of the last time I went and looked at looked at our reviews on like a software review website. I think, I think if there, if there were any problems that would have floated to my attention, but I, I actually, it's, it's probably, it's probably been two years since I've gone to any of them and read the, read the reviews. You know, and, and even beyond, so reviews are structured data points. So LinkedIn, we talked a lot about that. You log into LinkedIn, you see what's being said about you, but what if somebody wrote a blog and mm. they put it on their own website and it's out there in the middle of the ether and somebody does a search for you and they find that blog post and it's negative. Mm -hmm. That so you, that's why you know I, I I'm not as paranoid as I'm googling myself every day, um, but there are tools that will allow you to set search parameters where you can find those comments that have been made. Yeah, um, uh, that are not from a structured source, so it's not coming from Yelp and it's not coming from Google and it's not coming from Glassdoor. It's a blog on Joe Schmooley's website, mm -hmm. but. You know, you can find it if you do a search. Okay, that's something that you need to be aware of as well. Now, it might be a positive blog. And again, I would reach out to that blogger and say, I want to amplify this thing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just link it on your, your social or something like that. So yeah. as much as there's a protective measure where you want to know if there's a negative piece of information out there, there also is this enormous opportunity if you can find the positive pieces and reshare that information to your network. Okay, that, that's great advice. Um, well, since you're, since you're the host of the podcast, Conquer Local, what, what are the main points outside salespeople should focus on when selling to local businesses? Wow. Where do I start? <laughs> it's broad. I know you, you get a minute. What is that? <laughs> a lot of outside salespeople over the last eight years and, and, uh, our organization, um, was born about 10 years ago and made a decision to use channel sales. So we don't sell direct to SMB. We sell through a channel, whether that be a telco or a, you know, a media company or an agency or a independent software vendor. So I've had a chance to work with lots of still, uh, outside salespeople in my career. Um, I believe that you know, it's, it's a digital game nowadays. So having that digital profile is a really important piece of the puzzle. Use all the tools that you're avail to, to work smarter and not harder. And back to your thing of, you know, we don't want undue process in, in what we're doing. Um, so, you know, search out new opportunities, but make sure that they're, that they're adding value. Um, you know, we've had a number of guests on the podcast where we ask questions like, what do you hate when a salesperson calls on you? Um, and, and it's, there's some real interesting answers. Um, but one thing that really jumps out is 
salespeople that don't really understand their product and the value that it brings. And, and I don't really blame sales reps for that. I blame sales organizations and sales leadership for that. Like I, like I, I also have a thing I've said, Steve, years ago, and I still say it, to there are no bad staff. There's just bad managers. Because if you had a bad staff member, then you should you know, transition them back to society if you can't train them and, and have them go do something else that they're better at. So yeah. I think that, you know, that we, we have a sales leadership issue right now in organizations. Um, and those leaders need to use the technology at their avail to build better sales people and better sales experiences. And um, it's a very unique time that we live in right now where we, we have, well, we have way too much information, way too much data. So you have to be able to mine through that and find the things where you can start to develop, you know, those professional, professional sales reps. Well, tell me, I, I, so I love to give people one thing to do, an actionable takeaway, with, you know, from each one of these episodes. As an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step towards improving their digital presence? Build an amazing LinkedIn profile and watch your revenue go up just from that one thing. The good news is all the work that you're going to do on LinkedIn to build up that profile can then be put onto a website, used on other social media channels, used for blogging, things like that. So it's, by the way, it's never done. It's an ongoing thing. Um, I watch the views of my LinkedIn profile pretty much on a daily basis to see if I'm trending up or down. That'll give you an indication if the content that you're sharing on your LinkedIn profile is doing what it's supposed to do, drive additional eyeballs to your profile. And, and your brand. So I, it all starts there. I am quoting a number of people that I follow on a daily basis, Gary Vaynerchuk, Dennis Yu, you know, all of these social media experts are saying that LinkedIn is greenfield right now. Not too many people are using it. Um, yeah, there's millions of users and they're like, no, it's not polluted like some of the other channels. You can still make an amazing impact on, on your business if you have that profile. So, you know, that is one takeaway. Uh, that I, I would leave with your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense. That's great advice. Well, I'm going to attempt to summarize all of the wisdom that you've, uh, that you've dropped upon us here today. Um, so every industry has gone through a digital transformation today. Everyone has a virtual doorway and it's important to know that each person knows a lot about you before they walk through your actual door and engage with your, with your business. Buyers are smarter today about everything that they wanna buy, and there are more and more things competing for their eyeballs and their time and their attention. And so salespeople need to bring that much more value to the table. A great online presence can help accelerate the sales process, this will help you speed up the qualification process since your value propositions are clear to that prospect before they walk through the door. You need to continuously adapt that digital presence that you have out there. Salespeople can improve their online presence in a variety of ways through blogging. You got to keep putting content out there that your audience wants to consume. Um, you've got to have an up-to-date, clear value proposition on the company's website. Make sure it's just crystal what you do and, and, uh, and make sure the customer understands what you do and why it's valuable and why they need to do it now. Um, what are they losing to not do it? 
always be learning. Um, you must, you have to constantly learn new things and stay, stay ahead of the curve. Um, and, and, and therefore know what to put out there in your online presence. Uh, positive word of mouth is very important and is amplified by the digital world. Um, always, this is always one of the most important things in sales, but it's just that much more important now that everyone can anonymously talk and communicate to, with each other in the world. So these online reviews, you want to amplify the great ones and you want to address the negative ones. Make sure you always have recent reviews of your product or service that potential prospects don't wonder, ah, these guys still in business, is something different now, it seems like all their reviews are from five years ago, that sort of thing. Um, you wanna ask your customers for feedback and you want to direct them where you want them to leave it. So if someone's pleased with you, if someone, if you've done, gone out of your way and done something great for someone, it's fair to ask them to, you know, or, you know, it's not, not begging, but <laughs> you almost want to beg for it, I guess, is the, is the advice here to, to leave a review in, in those important places. Cause you know, frankly, people just don't leave that many reviews. It's a busy world and, and everyone's begging them to, to, uh, you know, what is, what is the phrase you always hear on YouTube, you know, like, and click subscribe below, like, and subscribe, like, and subscribe, you know, everyone's, everyone's constantly hearing that. And so they, they don't do it that much on their own. Um, so, uh, managers can work to revamp their company's digital profile and, and build processes in, in place with their teams to measure the response. They can make changes. You can measure, measure the response. You can iterate. And that's a really important strategic thing that you, should, that you need to be doing today. Um, you got to don't underestimate how important Google reviews are. People, you know, both the top of your funnel, first looking at your business and late in the funnel thinking about purchasing, they're seeing those Google reviews. Google puts them right in your face. So um, don't, don't underestimate how important that is. As a salesperson, uh, you got to have a LinkedIn that's up to date because, and, and is a really outstanding profile and a great profile because it really acts like, like your virtual business card. Um, everyone's welcome to check out my, I've done a ton of work on, on my profile over the years and I've, and I've taken this super seriously, like my, my digital, my LinkedIn profile, feel free to check mine out. Uh, if, if you want some examples, some, you know, some key things that I do, you know, make sure you're talking about your value proposition at the top, make sure you have great content that, you know, shows why the product or service is valuable, you know, videos and, and, uh, and, and, and really like connect LinkedIn, LinkedIn right there, like, uh, you know, kind of attached to the profile. Um, reviews are really important, although I don't do a good job of that. All my reviews are from employees, not, not customers. So I, the, that, that's, that's one of my takes, takeaways from what you were saying, George, I've got to, I've got to work on that. But, uh, but yeah, the, it's really important to have that LinkedIn profile built out and, uh, and, and do a great job on it because people look at it all the time. Um, George, uh, tell me where, where can listeners read more about your work? Where can they, where can they reach out to you? Sure. You know, especially LinkedIn, I guess, is probably the best place, but also uh, you can find us at conquerlocal.com. Um, and that's where the link to the podcast is as well. Shameless plug. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, that, that's, uh, that's, that's great. People should check that out. It's really cool. Um, well, this has been a great episode of Outside Sales Talk. George, I really appreciate your time. Um, if you can 
if anyone who's listening and think of other sales reps that would benefit from learning what George has had to say today, um, share the love and forward this episode on to them. Um, and uh, take care until next time, everybody.